It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Quick Quack Car Wash. Fast, clean, loved, everywhere. Also by Provo Land Title. Buying, selling, or refinancing? Close with the pros at Provo Land Title. Relax. PLT has you covered. And by First Colony Mortgage, your trusted lender for all your mortgage needs. Visit firstcolonymortgage.com. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. At any Utah location. What a uh, game for the BYU Cougars. Obviously getting off to the early start, leading 7 to nothing, but then 14 straight points helped out by a fumble recovered by the Aztecs. They would take the lead 14-7, to but from that point on, BYU would go on a 21-0 run and win by two touchdowns. The defense, which was having a hard time stopping the run for the majority of the game, what a stand a couple of times near the goal line to keep San Diego State out. Now, they certainly were aided by the slippery surface of uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, uh, where Brookshire uh, fell down on the fourth down play and obviously a bad snap uh, that uh, ended that drive, but BYU when they needed it most, they came up big, and they end up getting the win 28-14, to now 10-1 and on the season. Now what we need to wait for is to see when BYU plays next. Are they going to somehow get another regular season game next Saturday? It seems unlikely, but it's certainly not impossible. Or is it going to be the bowl game, which right now we don't know when that will be, or who the opponent will be, or where BYU will go. Uh, but BYU certainly will play at least one more game before 2020 is officially over for BYU football. We will hear from head coach Kalani Satake at some point via Zoom. We are monitoring that right now. Still don't see uh, Coach Satake yet. Uh, But just going over some of the numbers, uh, Zach Wilson, 303, three touchdowns, 26 of 35, did absolutely nothing to hurt his NFL stock if that's what he decides to do I know he said he isn't thinking of that right now that when the season is over he'll look at that but very uh, likely could have been his uh, final game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and if he goes man what a season he has had thus far and I, I think it's something that and he's already mentioned when asked if he does decide to go to the NFL would he set out the bowl game he says his plan is certainly to play in the bowl game and uh, he wants to play with his teammates one more time. He has no plans to do that, which has kind of become the trend over the last couple of years for high draft picks to not play in the bowl game to kind of limit the risk of getting hurt. Uh, but Zach said he'll play, so I think uh, everybody at least knows you'll be able to see him play in one more game. But another another fantastic performance by Zach Wilson, 303, three touchdowns. As I mentioned, 26 of 35. Dax Milne, another ho-hum uh, after or evening with 106 yards receiving, eight catches for and a touchdown. The run game we saw uh, with uh, Lopini Katoa, 14 carries for 90 yards, and, and that was it. We, we found out as the game started 
that Tyler Algier was not going to play. Apparently he's sick, uh, was not able to go tonight. So Lopini Katoa was the workhorse and did a really nice job. 14 carries for 90 yards. And just at the, at the end of the day, is a really nice win for BYU and a good day for the Cougars. Win in basketball and a win in football back-to-back. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll... See if we can check in with head coach Kalani Sitake. If he's on Zoom, we'll let you hear that. Otherwise, we'll get to some other action on Rivalry Saturday in college football. And several games went down to the wire. Some very interesting games today if you had a chance to watch. If not, I'll update you on what happened. BYU gets the win today, though, 28-14 on Senior Night on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. BYU gets the win, 28-14. They defeat San Diego State and wrap up the regular season with a record of 10-1. and An unbelievable season for BYU football. And as we mentioned in the last segment, now waiting to find out who BYU will play in the bowl game. Cougars will certainly play in a bowl game, and obviously uh, the opportunity to play in a New Year's Six Bowl came to an end last week, but certainly an opportunity to continue to play. Let's update you on some uh, other action uh, going on, and I mentioned that there are several games today on this rivalry Saturday that ended in, in quite dramatic fashion and I would say probably the one that uh, everybody will be talking about is LSU and number six, Florida. Let, let's set the scene for you. So Florida, there was a Florida player who picked up a, this is inside of a minute, by the way, a Florida player with the game tied at 34 apiece picked up a personal foul penalty for throwing the shoe of an LSU Tiger. So that 15 yards put the Tigers within field goal range-ish. It was a 57-yard field goal that uh, LSU decided to go ahead and take. They hit it. The degree of difficulty was significantly higher because it was in a very thick fog. He nails it. They go up by three. Florida somehow able to get in position for a game-tying field goal that would have sent it to overtime. They miss it, and LSU upsets number 6 Florida by 3, 37-34. This game not so close. Number 1, Alabama winning on the road at Arkansas, 52-3. Number 17, North Carolina winning at number 10, Miami, 62-26. Man alive, 62 points for the Tar Heels. Number nine, Georgia, winning at number 25, Missouri, 49-14. to Coastal Carolina came oh so close to picking up its first loss of the season. The 13th-ranked Chanticleers won 42-38, but that game-winning touchdown came inside of a minute. Otherwise, Troy was going to win that game. Uh, number 14, Northwestern, takes down to Illinois, 28-10. USC, Scores inside of a minute to beat UCLA, 43-38. to And number 16, Iowa, defeats Wisconsin, 28-7. to Also today, the big rivalry game between Utah and Colorado goes to the University of Utah, 38-21 in Boulder. Number 22, Oklahoma State winning at Baylor, 42 
to three. That wraps up your top 25 games. BYU, obviously part of that, getting the win 28-14. to We'll take one more timeout. We'll come back. Uh, if head coach Kalani Satake is not on Zoom, we'll wrap things up and let you hear from the coach during the Cougar Locker Room Show. But we will see what happens on the other side. Cougars get the win. We'll have more Cougar Post Game Live right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU 28, San Diego State 14. That's how the regular season ends for the BYU Cougars, 10-1 and on the season. Congratulations to head coach Kalani Satake, his coaching staff, and these players on a fantastic season. Can't wait to see who they play in the bowl game. Now, I've referenced what BYU basketball did a couple of times tonight. Uh, let's get into some of the details. Right before uh, the football game, there was the basketball game at the Marriott Center, BYU and Utah the Cougars looking to bounce back from their loss on Wednesday to the Boise State Broncos where they lost by four. Today, not so close. BYU, a little slow starting. Utah had an early lead, but BYU really took control of this game uh, from, I don't know, I'd say about the about six or seven minutes in, really never let go. Uh, Utah was able to get it down to single digits a couple of times, but for the most part, BYU was in control. They win 82-64. They shot 55% from the field, 39% from three Cougars with three players scoring in double figures. Connor Harding with 17. You had Spencer Johnson with 16. And Richard Harward with 15. Matt Harms with seven points and four rebounds. Alex Barcelo and Brandon Averett each with five points. Barcelo defensively against Timmy Allen for Utah was just brilliant. Uh, did a really nice job on limiting Utah's uh, best player in uh, Barcelo. Uh, just continues to play well for BYU, even though today it wasn't on the scoring end. His uh, uh, his input and influence on this roster is just uh, enormous as a senior. So uh, BYU now, uh, ironically enough, their next game will be against San Diego State. Uh, that game in San Diego coming up on Friday. Uh, one other BYU basketball note, former BYU Cougar, Jake Toulson made his NBA debut tonight in the preseason. He signed a free agent deal with the Utah Jazz. The Jazz in action tonight. First preseason game of the season for the Jazz. They were hosting the Phoenix Suns. The Utah Jazz get the win, 119-105. Jordan Clarkson leading the way with 19 points. Uh, but towards the end of the game, Jake Toulson able to get in with a few minutes of action towards the end of the game. Played a little under four minutes. He was 0 for 1, no points. Uh, but did get to make his NBA debut. So congratulations to Jake Toulson. He is now in the NBA. All right. Uh, we have not heard from head coach Kalani Satake as of yet, so I think what we're going to do, we're going to take a break, and we will let you hear Kalani during the Cougar Locker Room Show, which is coming up next. Your final score, 28-14, BYU beating the San Diego State Aztecs, and you heard it all right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show, brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
All right, so BYU is a winner, 28-14 over San Diego State on senior night for BYU. First ever December home game in BYU football history goes the Cougars' way. And again, the latest regular season game on the calendar in BYU football history. BYU scores 21 in a row to win it by a score of 28-14 over San Diego State. Kalani Sitake, BYU head coach, is at the podium and will be joining his Zoom press conference as soon as we see uh, Kalani start talking, and I think he's ready to go. Let's see. And then we'll take some questions. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, happy got the win. Tough game. Um, freezing cold conditions. Uh, I know that uh, it, it affected both teams, so, uh, you know, it was tough to deal with, but um, I think both teams were able to uh, fight through it all. But I'm um, just really proud of our boys for getting the win, our seniors. Um our team for protecting Lavelle's house and um, <clears throat> this, this year, you know, and uh, just thankful to, that uh, we were able to get this win. But I think San Diego State is a great team. They, 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 their defense is a, a very physical and active defense, and they, they, they're very uh, high risk, but uh, they, they're able to, you know, with some of the athleticism that they have on their team, they, they can disrupt you. And so um, give them a lot of credit for, for the game and, and being ready to play. And then on offense, I, I was really impressed with what they did up front. I, I thought, um, you know, they got a lot of yards on us. I, I thought we were uh, able to get, you know, stop some points. And that's when, when it's all said and done, that's the, that's the name of the game. But um, looking at some of the things that we can improve on defensively, we're going to try to get that done offensively and special teams. But for the most part, just glad that we were able to get this win and and a lot of a lot of energy and, and excitement from our boys. And so um, looking forward to our, our next game and next opportunity. So I'll take any questions you guys have. Thank you. All right, let's take questions from Alex Behar and then Jared Lloyd and Jay Drew. Hi, Coach. Uh, congrats on the win. So after that first quarter, you guys were able to shut out uh, San Diego State twenty-one to nothing, um, and it looks like in the second half you guys really were able to either turn them over or kind of just um, force them to punt or get them to turn over on down. So, what changed after that first quarter defensively, and and how, how did you guys kind of keep San Diego State at bay? Well, a lot of the, what happened in the, I mean, in the first quarter was they were able to just break tackles and. and um, you know, create a lot of plays. I, I thought assignment wise, we were in some good spots, but uh, you know, we just had to wrap up and and um, and give a lot of. I mean, their backs are hard to handle because they, they run low to the ground and their old lines big and physical, you know. And and we knew they were going to hang on to the run game and try to limit our offense from getting on the field, but um, they were able to do that in the first part. Um, you know, I, I thought we gave up a lot of yards, but uh, I think. Get to give them credit. They 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 uh, converted a lot of the third downs too. When you're looking at some of the third downs that we put them in, I'm looking at the medium and to, to long third downs. They even converted some of those. And so, uh, you know, we knew that we would have to get them in in uh, behind the chains a little bit early. And um, I think it, just the fact that our guys played more assignment sound football and were tackled better. I mean, it wasn't still wasn't perfect, but I give a lot of credit to San Diego State because. I mean, those guys, are, even the quarterback can run. So um, they're able to break some tackles and, and make some plays. <clears throat> Kalani, you're down seven. They'd had a long drive and looked, you know, like they might go up two scores and Drew Jensen gets that pick. How big of a moment was that for your team? So happy for Drew. <laughs> 
kid works hard and he studies and he gets better every day. And, um, you know, we, we thought that maybe we should have played him a little bit more last week and, and gave him some opportunities this week. And it showed, and, and, uh, just been really proud of our, our, our whole defense, but linebacking crews has worked really well together and, and, um, just proud of the things that they've done. I mean, uh, he's, he's still young, so there's a lot of football left for him to play, but, Getting turnovers was going to be key for us here. We thought that if we took care of the football on offense and we were able to disrupt and try to get some, you know, some opportunities, some uh, – for us it was, it was, you know, stopping them on fourth down and then uh, – and that pick was huge for us. And so, um, you know, I'm just glad our guys were able to pull it out and, and never gave up. I mean, it was – it looked really tough at the beginning, you know, but these guys have shown that they'll keep fighting and, and – um, a lot of that is because they're assistant coaches and the coordinators, and a lot of it's because of leadership that we have on this team. Kalani, at the first of the week, you said you were going to find out what your team was made of after the disappointing loss out in Coastal Carolina. What what are they made of? What did you learn that they're made of? Yeah, these guys are resilient. They're hard workers, and they're going to – I just love the way that they respond to anything that, that has um, any type of adversity. And I'll go all the way to the beginning when we dealt with um, the pandemic, like everyone else has. And so I don't want to like, you know, talk too much about, but but I was really impressed with the players individually, how hard they worked. And then collectively as a group, as a unit on offense, defense and special teams, and then as a team. And, um, just the leadership that we saw from those guys. It's, it's, it was really a great thing for me as a coach to, to see. So I'm um, thankful for that. I have these players and I'm thankful that we have a great bunch of leaders and not just the seniors. We have a, a bunch of leaders on our team and uh, it's not even the leadership committee. We have so many guys that, that could, that could qualify as captains for this team. And, and uh, hopefully we can keep that rolling. And I, I really believe that the under, underclassmen will, will be ready to roll too. I, I see them, getting older and maturing with the experience that they had this year and, and looking forward to you know, our next opportunity. We'll see when we play again. Hopefully we can, you know, keep playing football. Why wasn't Tyler Algier out there tonight? Tyler's not hurt. He just wasn't able to play in this game. All right, let's take a question from Mitch Harper, Sean Walker, and Hunter Miller. Kalani, what will be the uh, the legacy of the senior class? Because this is a group that you know was pretty much there every step of the way during your tenure as head coach. What's going to be their lasting legacy on the program? Well, I mean, I think you you see some of the things that they were be be able to overcome, and then um, you know I, I think the legacy is going to be. I think they're going to be so such great contributors in the community, and they're going to do great things. Um, some of them with football and others um, around it and others in, in, in their professions. But I think the, the lasting impression that they leave on this program is the stuff that they've already done, whether it's their experience, their, their example or um, the, the little things. That, I mean, you have to understand the mentoring that happens on this team. It's just a, it's a true brotherhood for these guys. And, and I know a lot of teams have that too, but uh, I, I can honestly say that the, the culture that we have here is built on love. And I, I see it every day when I see our players mentoring each other and, and teaching and learning from each other. So it's 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 an awesome thing to see, and glad that we got our tenth win tonight. Do you expect this to be the last regular season game for you guys? I don't know. I mean, I 
I was just talking to some of the players, and I think it all depends on what happens with the bowl game. If the bowl game's uh, kind of in the distant, then we would love to play next week. <laughs> Been saying that for a while now. We we love playing football, and and um, you know, hopefully we can. We'll see how it works, but I'm not Tom Homo, and I know he's he knows what we want. We want to play football, and depending on when the bowl game is or, or who we face in the bowl game, uh, if there's time in between, we would love to fit a game there. Kalani, you mentioned that slow start and just how how your guys were able to overcome a lot of things from what San Diego State was doing in that first quarter and whatnot. Um, Isaac Rex had a little bit of a slow start, but rebounded really, really nicely. Just what has he meant for this team, and what does it mean for him to be able to 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 kind of have that that moment in the first quarter and then rebound the way that he did to to be one of those leaders as a freshman? I just I, I love that our our team didn't give up on him and we don't give up on our guys, you know, and, and when he came off uh, on the sideline after the fumble, you know, we, the, the team had his back. And so um, we're always going to have each other's back. The players will, and the coaches will and have a lot of confidence in him. I mean, Zach kept targeting him and throwing the ball to him. So, uh, you know, mistakes don't define us. We, how we respond to him is the, is the key. And uh, you saw him make some beautiful plays and some great blocks. So, and that's that. I think you can kind of go down the line with all our players out there that that make mistakes. Some some mistakes are way more visible than others, but I think the key is for us to keep believing in them and show them the faith that we that these guys can should be able to give and give the opportunity to respond from any mistakes that happen in the game. Coach, I want to piggyback off that Isaac Rex talk a little bit. He joined some pretty exclusive company tonight. He's the first BYU tight end to have 10 or more receiving touchdowns in a single season since Johnny Harleen in 2006. Back in August when you first started the season, did you foresee Isaac having this kind of impact and this role in your offense? And what's led him to have such great success here in 2020? Well, his dad's an All-American, so I think the genetic pool is really good for him. You know, and then we'll be excited when we get his brother Preston here off his mission playing for us. But I think the key is the, the guy loves playing football. And um, I, it wasn't really this year. It was the end of last year. If you remember, he, he, he played in those four games as a red shirt. And we knew we had something really, really special with him. And so I think uh, looking at, at, at the, the tight end group and the receiving group, I, I feel really good with the future there. And the fact that he's so young and makes a lot of plays and big target, there's still a lot of room for improvement for those guys. But um, yeah, just just impressed with with uh, the talent on this team and the way they keep developing. All right, let's take one last question from Matt Biamonte. Coach uh, Jake Oldroyd hit another fifty uh, plus yard field goal. What's it like to have a kicker like him who can score from such long range? That's huge. I mean, he's. Uh, He's a, he's a big time weapon for us, and and the footing wasn't the best, you know, to kick field goals. But um, I, I love the way he's been kicking all year long, and then kicking field goals and and uh, kickoffs and things like that. He's he's been he's been money for us. So uh, I think a lot of that has to be said about the the, the snappers and and, and the uh, the holders. You know, I know Rico's done a great job holding for him, and and you're looking at Riggs and 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 Hogan snapping the ball, done a great job setting him up. So and the protection. So I, I think. Jake, he's got he, – he, I mean, you remember when he was a freshman, he kicked game-winning field goal in his first game. So uh, the guy has ice in his veins, and then let's keep, let's keep the, the run rolling. I, I would like – I've said it before, I would like to him for him to kick more PATs and field goals, though. 
Head coach Kalani Sitake and Neil Pau will be on the Zoom podium next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 28, San Diego State 14, our final score. First career receiving 100-yard receiving day for Neil Pau. He had 8 for 117. He speaks with the press via Zoom right now. Let's join in. To be able to be put in that position, given the opportunity, but we definitely uh, wish Gunner a fast recovery, and we'll love to have him back. Hi, Neil. This is Alex Fehar. Um, I'm curious um, as to you got you guys are down 14-7. Um, I think you guys got a fumble recovery, and then you tied the game. Then there was another uh, turnover you guys forced uh, that I think gave you a 20-17 lead because of a field goal. Um, how how much of a momentum shift are those turnovers for you guys that allow the offense to come in and then add to the lead or, or tie the game or what have you? I think momentum is a big part of sports, uh, especially in football. We're able to see the momentum just shift because who knows if we didn't get the pick from Drew, they maybe go – up 21-7 and now we're trying to uh, recover from that Uh, but it's just it's part of the game you continue to go the way that the game is going and as the offense we're we're meant to go put points on the board and we're able to we're glad that we were able to give those two opportunities to be able to score a critical field goal right before the half that was huge Uh, be able to just go down and score so momentum is a big thing Uh, ebbs and flows throughout the game is what you do with that momentum that will carry you to victory or defeat All right, let's take a question from Jared Lloyd and Hunter Miller. Neil, it was a 2014 game there early in the fourth quarter. You guys took the field after the defense got a stop on fourth down, and that was kind of the game-changing drive, just just putting it away, getting down and getting in the end zone. What was the mentality right there on that sequence as you guys were able to, to get that key touchdown? I think it was huge. The mentality was to go down and score. Uh, again, a halftime grind talked to us just about we're going to be given limited opportunities. Uh, so those opportunities that we do get is to go out and put points on the board. Uh, so the defense did what they were supposed to do, and uh, we're thankful that we were able to put a drive together and Isaac come, come down with that big catch in the end zone. I also wanted to ask, this is a weird day as far as senior day with families and things, but what was it like seeing the seniors have this day? I think it was awesome. I think it was awesome. Uh, I mean, you look at Ohio State not having uh, their senior day because their game was canceled, but having a virtual one. So being able just to walk down and have their last walk down down Lavelle where they've put a lot, a lot on the line, as, as you guys have talked about, where they were here with Kalani, 4-9 uh, and 7-6, and 7-6, and now they're here where they're at. Just to be able to see their leadership, how much they mean to us, uh, to the program, and especially for the future, it was huge for them. Neil, you tied a career high in yards a week ago in a loss. You come back this next week, a new career high, this time in a win. What was kind of your mentality and your attitude this week in practice? And did you come into this game expecting that you'd have a big day? Uh, kind of. We knew, again, that me and Dax would be given a lot of um, reps and would be in the game a lot. So whenever those opportunities were given to me or him, we, we knew that we had to just come down with the ball. Um, Last week, I mean, it was last week, uh, but we're just, I'm glad that we were able to get a win. Um, if I was able to tie a career and we still won last week, I'll take that any day of the week for sure. All right. Any other questions for Neil? 
All right. I think that's it. We'll take a break. We'll continue with the Cougar Locker Room Show. BYU 28, San Diego State 14, our final score from LaBelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, uh, waiting to see who will be next at the podium for the Zoom press conference put on by BYU as the uh, Cougars defeat San Diego State by a score of 28-14. to 14. Final numbers for Zach Wilson tonight. Uh, 25 for 34 for 310 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. A passer rating of 179.2. Another excellent day for BYU's starting quarterback, who tonight becomes a top 10 QB in career touchdown passes with passes number 51, 52, and 53 for his career. He's tied with Steve Sarkeesian and Kevin Federick for 10th place all-time in career touchdown throws. Leading rusher for BYU tonight was Lopini Katoa. No Tyler Algier. It was Lopini going 13 for 83. An average of 6.4 and a long of 43, putting BYU in position to score, which BYU did on a Zach Wilson to Isaac Rex touchdown, one of two TDs for Isaac on the night. And Isaac, with his two touchdown catches, goes to 10 on the year. And again, only the 17th player all time at BYU to have a 10 or more touchdown reception season. Double-digit TD catches in a year, and Isaac joins that club. He's the first BYU tight end the double figures in receptions for touchdowns since Johnny Harleen 14 seasons ago. You heard from Neil Pau in the press conference room. Neil tonight went 8 for 117, and those 117 yards are a career high. Neil averaged 14.6 yards per catch. Dax Milne got close to another century mark night. Seven grabs, 87 yards, and a score for Dax. He had one of the three touchdown catches, as I mentioned. Isaac Rex had the other two. BYU was actually outgained by San Diego State on this night, 399 to 384. BYU actually snapped fewer plays this week than last week at Coastal, but comes away with a 14-point win as opposed to a five-point loss. Let's head down to the Zoom press conference podium. Zach Daw is speaking with the media. Let's join in. All right, thanks for joining us. Um, you ready to take some questions from the media? Yep. Great. Let's hear from Alex Behar and Jared Lloyd. Hi, Zach. Uh, congrats on the win. I'm curious about these those two um, those two turnovers that led right to points. You guys were able to have a 10-7 points off turnovers advantage in the game. Uh, how how much did that um, first one that kind of led to you guys being able to tie the game? How much did that shift momentum? Do you think? Um, I think that was huge. Um, just when we were kind of in a tight spot, um, things weren't kind of really going our way. Uh, Drew Jensen came up clutch and. And uh, it was awesome for Drew just to step up and, and fulfill his role and, and to make a big play. That was a game changer right there, a big momentum changer. So, Along the same lines, Zach, you guys didn't let them score a point after that. You had, you know, had a fumble and, and three turnovers on down, I think. You let them gain a lot of yards. But how proud are you of the way that the, the defense stiffened there when, when it had to? You know, I'm, I'm super proud of the whole defense. I think everyone was just rallying and doing their job. And, you know, sometimes things weren't going our way, but we were bending, but we didn't break. And everyone showed effort, especially down in the goal line. You know, Caden Hawes stepping up big and uh, Bracken Albacare just grinding his guts out. And 
all the other players on defense really stepped up in crucial moments. I think that was the, the difference in the game. All right, let's take another question. Let's see from Sean Walker and Matt Biamonte. Uh, Zach, I hate to bring it up too much for you guys because it was such a noticeable shift between that first quarter and those final three quarters. What was San Diego State doing in that first quarter? Can you kind of walk us through a little bit that that was giving you guys trouble? And, and then how did you kind of flip it around, I guess? I mean, San Diego, they're tough and they had a great game plan on the offense and came out and we knew that they were kind of a smash mouth football team and liked to run the ball. And that's exactly what they did. So it took us a little bit just to adjust and, and uh, stop that, stop the run. And, you know, they were doing a great job. Hats off to them. Um, but towards the, later in the game, we were able to figure it out and, and catch rhythm and, and uh, get some big stops. Zach, I'm not sure uh, if any fans saw this. Obviously, no fans at the stands. But as the game concluded, you and, and 14 other seniors walked the field and the rest of your teammates waiting for you on the south end zone. What was going through your mind as you made that walk? Oh, that's a load of good. <laughs> that's a hard question. Um, you know, it was just – it was it was just heart-wrenching. You know, it was just such a bittersweet – um, experience just to walk across and be linked up to, you know, some of my brothers for life that I've made um, here at BYU and to look across and see all these guys that I love and, and would do anything for and, and to look around and just see the stadium of Lavelle Edwards. And, uh, you know, it was just a, a special moment. You know, all the, the hard work we put in the offseason, all the stadiums we ran here and all the amazing memories, it, it all just kind of hit me at once. So it was just an amazing opportunity to be there with my brothers. So I loved it. Okay, Alex Vehar again, and then Jared, if you had another question as well. Yeah, what, what do you think was the main adjustment you guys made after the first quarter that helped the defense so much? Um, I think, you know, at first we were just trying to get used to, you know, the elements. Um, it was a cold game and, and uh, they brought it. And uh, also they, they were getting downhill in the run game. So we really need to um, just to fit up and, and play a little bit more physical. And, and we made a couple adjustments and um, through the coaches, I think they did a great job adjusting and all the players were on, on the same board with mixing up and slanting and, and doing some things. Um, that San Diego wasn't really ready for, I think. And um, I think everyone's on board and did a great job. Zach, you guys had to play a lot of games this year in empty stadiums. And, and at times there was some frustration that family couldn't even be there. How special was it that the families were able to be there tonight and, and be here for you know the senior night as it was? Different than usual, but still able to be here. Um, you know, it was special for me. Just to be able to have my, you know my family and my wife and and uh, just those who are close to me. I wish I could fill the whole stadium with my friends and family, all those, all those that I love. But it was just nice to be able to have some. And uh, you know they they're the reason why I'm here. They're my backbone and my support. So to be able to share that special moment with them um, for me and I know for all the seniors, it was just a big blessing. And, and we we're just really grateful. Uh, 
Uh, I think I just forgot Let's do to do this. Let's drop out of da- Zach Daw. We'll take a break and have Dax Milne on the headset with us live after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 19 degrees here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Welcome back to the stadium, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU 28, San Diego State 14 on senior night for the Cougars. Dax Milne joining us on the headset. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson up here in the booth. Dax down at the Cougar locker room area. Dax, thanks for coming on tonight, and congratulations to you and the guys on the win. Thank you. Thank you very much. Really nice bounce back. Uh, so what, what did it take for you and some of your teammates to put last week in the rear view and get fully focused on what was next with a tough San Diego State coming into town this week? How was it for you? Um, yeah, I think it was I think it was kind of easy to to hurry and put that in our rear view mirror because we just really wanted to get back on the field and um and we also knew that we had lost to these guys last year and so it wasn't too difficult to to put them as our main focus and and uh get going with it. Can I ask you a weather question? How much does or did the cold personally affect you? How much is mind over matter and how much is it just a real physical grind on a night like tonight? Yeah, tonight wasn't that bad, to be honest. Um, I think it would have been a little bit more of a factor if there was wind. Uh, wind always just makes it worse. But, yeah, tonight most guys were going sleeveless. I was going sleeveless. Um, I think the worst part is just keeping your hands and, and, and your toes cold, uh, warm. But other than that, it wasn't that bad. Dax, I felt like uh, schematically San Diego State was – hell-bent on not giving up the big play, which this BYU offense has produced so frequently. So saw a lot more like short-to-intermediate passing game. Did you Was that the game plan coming in? And then secondly, with how much success you've had with the explosive plays uh, during the season, uh, I, really I felt like we hadn't seen the short-to-intermediate passing game. How did you guys stay so sharp to be able to pull that out today and have it be such a vital part of the win? Yeah, um, yeah we respected uh, San Diego State's uh, scheme. They, they've always had a a good scheme coming against us and <clears throat> we knew that we could like uh like you said get those short to intermediate passes and and um dice them up like that and here and there just hit some shots and um, me and zach were weren't on the same page exactly on the deep shots uh, in the first half uh, i was able to get open on some but um weren't able to connect because of pressure or whatnot, but um, I'm glad we connected on in the second half on our sideline. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I think uh, we did a good job with our with our game plan. Yeah, talk about that connection. I think that was uh, the play of the night between you and Dax, or between you and Zach. And I think um, it really, I mean, there were a lot of good catches. As Isaac had that good one in the back of the end zone. Although he somehow ended up having a DN covering him. I don't know how that happened. I'll have to go back and watch the film on that. But no, was that a uh, was that a back shoulder throw? Was it just the ball didn't carry as well in the back? But you did a great job because it looked like the dude was step for step, but showed ba- great body control, was able to make the catch and secure it through physical contact. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, that play was they were bringing the house uh, in the box, and so Zach uh, had to get it out a little quicker than usual. And so 
Um, he still made a hell of a throw. He was just right there, <clears throat> right when I turned to turn my head, it just kind of in that back back shoulder pocket. Um, I think he could have gone. He could have made it a longer throw or did the throw that he did. Either one, I think, would have would have worked, but I'm glad we connected. Hey, speaking of mismatches, your touchdown in the south end zone, They, you know, I don't know how that guy ended up on you, but uh, was that play designed to go to you, or is it just simply Zach looked out there and was like, oh, there's no way this dude's de- coming Dax on an arrow and uh, just got you the ball quick? Uh, no, that play was designed to go to me. Um, we, we, we thought that we could – we could uh, expose that, um, and uh, I'm just glad it all worked because they weren't ready for it, obviously. Yeah, no, not at all. The pretty easy six. No, you had a great night tonight. Thank you. Little, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here, uh, Dax, with some, some trivia pressure for you. So I'm going to give you four teams, and you're going to tell me what they have in common. All right? BYU, Alabama, Coastal Carolina, Notre Dame. What would you say? I would go ahead and say 10 wins. You got it, man. I'll have 10 wins or more. BYU, 10-1. and 1. Notre Dame, 10-0. and 0. Bama, 10-0. and 0. Coastal, 11-0. They got their win today, so good for them. So you're in some pretty exclusive company. Look at him nail that, by the way. Um, Junkie. Feels good to have BYU back in, in double-digit win territory again. You're part of a special group. Do you, do you, do you believe that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen it uh, unfold. As the season went on, I knew this team was special, and um, I'm glad we were able to put that stamp of uh, 10 wins on and and go down as you know one of the one of the better teams that's come through here. First 10 win team in 11 in uh, in nine years for BYU since 2011. But there's more football to play, and and we'd presume. I mean, things could change, but we don't expect them to. That that your next game is going to be in a bowl game somewhere. And after a game like tonight, I think anywhere warm feels good to you, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was telling my teammates. I just <laughs> hope we go to a bowl game that's just warm. Okay. <laughs> Well, it is great to have more football to play and know you get one more ride with your guys and, and turn a 10-win season into an 11-win season. And and maybe we could just get one last thing from you, Dax, about a perspective on what it's taken to get 11 games played. I mean, forget the fact you got 10 wins, which is awesome. Getting 11 and, and 12 games in in a season like this, not everyone can do it, as you know. What has it taken for this BYU program to play 11, get 11 in, win 10, and keep rolling at this point? Yeah, yeah, it's been amazing. Um, I think it just comes down to our culture of just always just being ready and, and uh, Kalani being a great leader, um, coaching up our attitude on, on how we always need to be ready. And, and uh, hats off to Tom Homo for for uh, just having our, our best interests in mind and just going out and just saying, hey, we'll play anyone, anytime. Um, so it's special. Well, we're glad we get to call at least uh, one more of your games this year. So fun to watch you. Uh, go to work and and doing great work. 1,099 receiving yards and counting for you right now. And those 1,000-yard seasons are rare as well. And you put yourself in exclusive company in that sense as well. Uh, Dax, thanks for coming on. Uh, congratulations again. Have a great and a safe week. And, and uh, we look forward to your next game. I appreciate you guys. All right, that is Dax Milne. We will come back with the head coach, Kalani Sitake, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 28, San Diego State 14 is our final score tonight. 21-0 run for BYU to end the game. 
as the Cougars go to 10-1, and one, picking up the Cougars' first 10-win season since the first season of FBS Independence back in 2011. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson here in our broadcast booth. Mitchell Jurgens has been on the field and in the Cougar locker room area, and he's with Kalani Sitaki, who has the headset on now. Kalani, congratulations on win number 10 this year. Thank you. Thank you. That was, that was a tough one, cold one, but I'm glad we got the win. I'm happy for our players. I'm going to give you the same trivia question I gave Dax, and he nailed it. You okay. ready for it? Give it to me. I, I, I gave him four teams, and he had to tell me what they have in common. Here are the four teams. BYU, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Coastal Carolina. I'm going to say ten wins. Yeah, that's it. The only, right. the only four. Dax didn't have the lead in, though, so Kalani, you, <laughs> get, you get only partial credit. Those, yeah. are the, those are the only four teams with ten or more wins this year. Coastal has was, 11. They're 11-0. and 0, So I was going to say handsome head coaches. <laughs> yeah, that was also true. <laughs> so, yeah, it, 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 it's, it, it's good company uh, in which to find yourself, and the season continues, too. There's more football to play. But as for today, San Diego State did a lot of the things that you'd expect them to do and, and really, when it comes down to it, there's a lot of ways to look at it, but being plus one in the margin tonight as opposed to minus one last week actually meant something. That was a big turnover you got from Drew, and it helped uh, turn the tide a bit today. Yeah, and, and just, um, you know, we knew that they're going to – this is their, their MO. They, they run the ball, possess the ball. It's kind of what they did to us last year. They forced us to kick field goals. I believe we missed a couple of them last year, and then they got a lead on us, and and, and – you know, it kind of looked a little bleak early, and we just knew we had a lot of time. We just got to, got to go back to our game plan and, and keep executing. You know, we, we made mistakes, obviously, but uh, I said it in the, in the post game. I, this is a this is how um, San Diego State wins games. This is how they play. They prefer to do this, where they grind the clock and possess the ball, and then and find ways to create havoc and win the game with the, with their defense. And and their defense is really really good. I mean. Uh, really disruptive and make a lot of plays. I mean, that's that, that's how they win games. Coach, the running game early, it, they were hitting a lot of, it looked to me, uh, you know, some man and power concepts um, uh, straight up the gut. Anytime you guys couldn't get them to move laterally, you were having success, but they were uh, finding some lanes straight north and south in the run game. But in the second half, it was uh, a lot uh, tougher sledding for them. Was that a scheme adjustment? Was it an effort adjustment? Was it an execution adjustment to shut down those you know a gap b gap runs that they were having success on early on? Well, we just needed to defeat blocks. I mean, we when we were bringing pressure, we weren't really defeating the blocks. We were just sitting, fitting, uh, fitting up on them, you know, and, yeah. and trying to find the ball. And and they were hitting it so quick. And and I think. Um, what's difficult is trying to simulate this type of uh, offense where they power run game, counter, and the the down zone that they run is so immediate. And so I think guys just getting used to the game. I mean, the very the their inside zone game is very similar to what we saw last week, and um, the speed of it, it it shocks you a little bit, you know. But once our guys were able to settle down and beat defeat blocks and things like that, I think they were able to get in the backfield a little bit more, and just make it a little bit more uh, stout, you know. But uh, there's there's a lot of I mean there's a lot of times that that San Diego State just found ways to make plays and fell forward and and got four or five yards, six yards on the first down, and that, that causes issues, you know, and, and creates a short short yardage for them situations and easier to convert third downs. And even when we got them in third and long, they were able to convert some of those. So 
Uh, we just had to keep. We knew it was going to be tough sledding. We just had to keep buying into our guys and and uh, and knowing that something was going to pop eventually. Yeah, and anytime you got a five eight back, that's people don't understand how difficult that is for a defense to see behind offensive linemen that are averaging you know six four six five. That's how they got their first touchdown was just kind of lost sight of the guy switching sides of the ball. And and maybe this is a question for someone on the offensive staff, but uh, Rex's second touchdown, he had a defensive end covering him. Was that something that was identified? Prior to the game, was it a misalignment that was taken advantage of in-game? Because talk about the mismatch of all mismatches. Uh, do you know what went on, on on that touchdown? Well, and they do that a lot on defense. I mean, it, it's, it's uh, Brady Hoke's a defensive guy, and, and you're looking at some of the things that Rocky and them have done in the past decade there at Centennial State, and, and uh, they, they, they put their guys in a lot of compromising positions. And, and a lot of times, um, I mean, it, for Deanne, it's pretty good coverage. You know what I mean? And uh, they, yeah, they, true. They, Zach had to make a good throw. Yeah, and they do a lot of zeros, and they they disrupt. They they do a lot of movement, and even their four man rush um, could bring two uh, DBs, you know, and and two D linemen, and and drop other guys. And so, uh, with that style, it's really hard to to get used to and and uh, be able to take advantage of. But uh, I think there are times that when you have one on one coverage, you have to make plays. That the throw. Uh, Zach did to to Dax as a, a big time back shoulder throw mm-hmm. that he made, and you just have to you just have to convert those plays. A lot of teams can't do that, and these guys get away with it. And you know, in some plays, they got away with it on us. And they, I mean, they they put their guys out on the island quite often, and and ask a lot from their from their DBs and and their even their backers and 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 uh, D linemen with mismatches, and and they usually uh, get enough pressure on the quarterback to allow that to happen. So BYU tonight, uh, Kalani was perfect in the red zone. You got in four times. You just wanted to be be in the red zone more than you were last week. You got in four times. Uh, you scored three touchdowns. San Diego State, meantime, they, they got in the red zone uh, four times and, and ended up with just a one touchdown. And that was kind of a difference in the game as, as well tonight. Yeah, I mean, really, if you're looking at the stats, they had a lot more plays in, in the time of possession. But uh, also, um, you know, they were able to – sustain some drives and get some third downs and get some yards and uh you know i hate saying bend but don't break but like literally we were inches away from giving up touchdowns and we just had to you know just had to find uh be firm and and find a way to get a stop and uh things went our way you know it was it was a a tough field to play on and i I now know why we don't play december games in lavelle edwards stadium but (laughs) or why they put heaters (laughs) under the grass in lambeau yeah (laughs) i mean it it was uh, it was icy in a lot of different spots and both teams were struggling with trying to get the footing right you know and and, uh, obviously the quarterback slipped on the one and on that one run that he was trying to scramble make a play i thought maybe max was hawking him down but who knows uh, you know and it's one of those things where uh, you don't plan for it but but the the conditions affect both teams and um, you know, we 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 just had to find ways to make plays. This is really a, 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 although we won by two scores, it was a lot closer than what people think, and and it just took some some of our guys just being resilient and sticking with the game plan. So we asked Dax about the weather, and he said, and he was wearing short sleeves. He said the cold wasn't that bad. You were not in short sleeves. What's your what's your verdict on the cold tonight? Well, I'm not running post routes and and <laughs> and go routes. You know, I mean, if, uh, that, that would be a, a weird sight to see. But no, I. I yeah, I'm on the sideline trying to pace and trying to stay warm. But uh, the boys, I mean, there's guys that that didn't wear sleeves. And that's fine. I, I'm not a guy that thinks you have to prove your toughness by 
by going, you know, with sleeve no sleeveless on. Yeah, out Kalani, there. can I share my view on that? I always thought they always tried to do it as intimidation, but it backfired for me. I was like, oh, good, I have an intelligence advantage against these guys who are out that's, here running around. That's me too. Yeah, yeah it's like twenty a, degrees with no sleeves. Yeah, you can dig a hole with a spoon too. A shovel would be a lot better, you know. But to, so to me, it's like uh, I like to work smart, and as a coach. I don't need to prove anything. I, I I played in this game in cold games before, and and I wore sleeves, and and I was okay. You know, my my I don't have to question my toughness. I feel good <laughs> with my life. But, uh, well it, said, it's okay, hey, man. Yeah, if it's freezing, I mean seriously, guys, if you wet your hair and it freezes, you should put a coat on. You know, and and if you're playing football, it's okay to wear sleeves. If not, run around like Dak so you stay hot and warm the whole time. Kalani Sitake is with us. We're taking a break. We'll return with some closing comments from the coach. BYU 28, San Diego State 14 is our final score. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Bleeding gums are a key indicator of gum disease. Did you know that gum disease has been linked to conditions such as heart disease, Alzheimer's, stroke, and more? A recent study found COVID-19 patients with gum disease are 22 times more likely to have respiratory complications. Have your teeth regularly cleaned by a dentist or hygienist to prevent disease. Dental cleanings are essential for your health. Learn more at visityourdentist.org. This message is brought to you by ESS Dental Health Education Foundation. Have you ever wondered where the Cougs stay before their home football games? That's right, Hyatt Place Provo. At Hyatt Place Hotels, we understand every trip has a purpose, and every stay should be an opportunity to recharge and make the next day more successful than the one before. Just like our Cougars never settle for anything but a win, neither do we. You'll see why the BYU football team stays with us year after year. Hyatt Place is located in downtown Provo, where your safety and well-being have always been our top priority. Proud sponsor of BYU Athletics. Go Cougs! You are listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Run to the right side and right into scoring territory. I'm Christy Chambers and I'm the CEO with Columbus Community Center and this is our story. Right before the pandemic, life was very hopeful and then the bottom fell out. Our business lines dried up. Chris Penman with Zions Bank was incredibly helpful. We at Zions Bank, we were happy to help because we knew that we were making a difference. Tremendous thanks to Zions Bank. See more of our story at zionsbank.com slash stories. Zions Bank, a division of Zions Bank Corporation, N.A. member FDIC. After my bar mitzvah, I went into my rabbi and I told him that I don't think I believed in God anymore. To his credit, he took me very seriously. First thing that he really said is, in some ways, I'm glad that you're saying that because unlike a lot of people your age, you're actually engaging in this question. From Temple HaShalom in Park City, Utah, Rabbi David Levinsky talks about Hanukkah and about faith in community. In Good Faith, this Sunday on BYU Radio. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
BYU 10-1. San Diego State falls to 4-4 four four with a 28-14 Cougar win over the Aztecs here at frigid Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson with the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. Uh, you didn't have Tyler Algier. You didn't think you'd have him tonight, and you didn't have him tonight. Did Lopini give you what you hoped to get from him? 13 carries, 83 yards, a nice long run setting up a touchdown tonight. Yeah, they, he, he did. And, and, you know, he got a little tired there. You can see that he's not used to being the... Uh, the only one uh, out there on the field. But, you know, I thought Sione Finau came in and, and relieved him a little bit, did some good things for him and pass pro and running some routes. And um, But, you know, for the most part, I, we didn't have enough plays on offense. I, I, w- I would like to have had more plays, and that's two things. The defense getting the ball back and the offense just sustaining drives, getting first downs. And so uh, just glad we were able to get the points, though. And, and, and um, you know, we've got to find ways to, to get the ball back and, and – and and uh, I'm glad. I, I, listen, I'm glad that we got uh, held up to 14 points. But uh, defensively, we've got a lot, a lot more things that we that I know Coach Tuyaki wants to do better as a, as a group. And offensively, I know we can get more, we can make more big plays and, and get some more points on the board. So speaking of defense, Coach Troy at corner, Kavika at safety. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. I I guess not knowing. Uh, Want to give you the opportunity to clarify that maybe that had to do with getting a, you know your eleven best tacklers as uh, tackling was maybe an issue against Coastal Carolina. I know you were coming in against a run heavy team, but what there was a little bit of a switch up on, on the back end of the defense today. Was there a rhyme or reason for that? Yeah, that that was the key. You know, I thought that Coastal Carolina on some of the plays really targeted the corners, try to get out there and try to run on them and. And uh, it's, it's hard sometimes those guys that are man cover guys and young, you know, and not used to seeing this type of game, uh, like last week and this week where they they're, they're counted on to be sound tackling guys, you know. And um, so we kind of went back to what we've done. I don't know if you remember when we did against Navy, we wanted to put some sound tackling yeah. guys on the, on the edges. Yeah, your man and, guys didn't even make the trip, as I remember. Yeah, and, and that I mean, there's a couple reasons for that, right? But uh, this one was, I think. You know, we were able to get some guys on there in, in our nickel package, and and um, but but for the most part, we wanted our base defense to be guys that we can count on to make tackles, and and it wasn't perfect though. I mean, even though we did that, uh, San Diego State made us miss in, uh, on some plays, and and we gave us some big plays because uh, we didn't wrap up and we didn't strike well, and that's that's something that we need to get better. And you know, we're we're going to have to tackle a little bit more in practice because we're not seeing the improvement that I need to see on the field. Okay, last couple things for you. Uh, first up, you, you, we did a, a joint combo coaches show with you and Mark Pope on Tuesday night this past week, and uh, Coach Pope's guys got the uh, got the mojo going this afternoon. Beat Utah at the Marriott Center, so it became a basketball football doubleheader day for us on the radio. Two wins for BYU today, Kalani. Yeah, a lot of fun, and, and uh, love being around Coach Pope and and his staff and, and that team, you know, and. and, and uh, we we're, we're blessed to have such great coaches in the athletic department where, that I can kind of share some ideas and, and get some ideas from and ask ask some advice and uh, it, it's been it's been really an honor for me to get to know these people and get to know the other student athletes on other teams and uh, seeing them have success and yeah that that basketball game's awesome man I, I love the way Bartello plays and so uh, I'm a big basketball fan and and I'll be at all the games that I can see. The, the women's and men's basketball team and try to see as many games as, as they'll let us when, when uh, fans are allowed back in the game. So back to football for a second. Uh, Jake Oldroyd hits his third field goal of 50 or more yards this year. Only Matt Payne back in 2004 when he had four 50-yarders has ever had more long field goals in a single season. What a great weapon to have for you out there tonight. And all he's 13 for 13, hasn't missed a kick all year. 
He's he's uh you know I I've been really impressed with him and, and his preparation. Uh, he's grown a lot, and, and he's got the you know the fact that he's kicking off, and and I think having Rico doing the punts has been really it kind of relieves him a little bit more and stay focused on his place kicking and and uh, you know obviously he's done some really good things even with the onside kick. So he's a master with his foot, and, and looking forward to him making more PATs for us. Obviously, if we can kick 50-yard field goals, then then we know we can lean on him, but. He had to take some off because he was worried about the footing there, and I think that thing barely squeaked over. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe, uh, hopefully, we, you know, we can play in a bowl game that allows him to uh, have great footing and make make more kicks for us. Coach, a uh, little bit broader picture here, and uh, understand there's more football to be played. But I also know that uh, between the end of the regular season and bowl game, and as you're heading into winter conditioning, will be here before we know it. And there's an interesting consideration for some of your players, and that's uh, basically how to manage their eligibility. You know, we had seniors' night tonight, but the reality is, all those guys, if they wanted to, could come back and suit up. At least as I understand the rule. And uh, I, when I was a player, I remember getting counsel and advice. Uh, from my coach so as as players come into your office I imagine over the next couple of months kind of talking with you what's uh, going to be your approach is it going to be one of uh, you know uh, uh, kind of an individual evaluation for each player or are you welcoming back a- any and everybody that wants to come and take advantage of the COVID year yeah well I mean we already have so like Lopa Uriah didn't even do senior day because he wanted to come back and and the other seniors tonight are still thinking about it. You know, um, uh, obviously Matt Bushman and, and I think Kyrstone are going to go out. But, you know, I, I think no one's made a decision yet. I think these guys have been so focused on just playing football that they've kind of, pro- like, held it off. They've kind of just procrastinated on the decision and said, you know what, we just want to play football, want to practice. And all those guys have done that, even the other classmen, and just worried about playing the game, which I appreciate. But when it comes time to make a decision, I'm going to do what's best for them. Um, our, our team and our program will will function. We'll, we'll do great. But whatever's the best for the, these young men, and and if it's playing and getting to the NFL, uh, you know, I obviously talk to a lot of scouts and a lot of coaches and general managers, and and so I I can give them some really good insight. And if there's a chance for them to go out there and live out their dreams, I'm really going to push them towards that. Time for the Mountain America Field Goal Recap. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America Credit Union donates $250 to the American Red Cross. Today, the Cougars made two field goals for a running total of 13 this season, bringing the donation total to $4,000, including the 50-yard field goal bonuses, and there have been three of those this season. Uh, the Zach Wilson question, uh, Kalani, what does your gut tell you right now about uh, what, what he's most likely to do when this season ends? I don't, you know, I don't know. We haven't really had that, that discussion, but I, I mean, people are projecting him pretty high, and 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 that's good. But there's all, all other people on our on our team that get an evaluation, and and we're going to talk about it, just like we did with with Matt and Kyrus, and it's going to be their decision. I I I thought those guys were going to leave last year, you know, and and the fact that they came back was great. The guys that are that are, are, are seniors that have already graduated, I think some of them said, hey, they want to move on, and others. I've decided that they, they they don't want to think about it yet until they get done with the bowl game. So um, I'm not sure, uh, but I, I I want what's best for him, and, and, and that's going to be the, the thing in my mind. I, I think recruits will know that when they come here, 
I'm always going to put them in the position for them to have success right away. And, and if they decide to stay, then that's going to be on them. And then I'll get a more committed person that wants to be here, just like we got from Matt Bushman and, and from Kyrstonga this this year. Well, at a great quarterback school, Zach Wilson is a top 10 QB in a lot of really uh, meaningful categories. And he entered the, another top 10 tonight with uh, career touchdown passes. He has 53 now for his career. Uh, any sense whatsoever, uh, Kalani, about uh, where your next football game will be played? Or is it just wide open? Or do you, do you have a vibe one way or the other? Is it just totally you're going to wait and see? Well, I think that Tom's talk, doing all the talking with ESPN and with everyone that, that with the bowl games. And, and I, I said in the post game that, that if there's a chance to fit another game in there, we would love to do it. <laughs> we just we just want to play football. And, and if we can know as soon as possible so we can prep, that would be great. But uh, our guys will take it whenever we can get it. And uh, obviously we're going to be on the road if we do play next weekend. And and we're, we're no more be... December games in, in Provo. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to be an, an option. But unless we can put a huge bubble over this thing, you know. But I, I honestly, our guys love to play the game, and 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 uh, I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know what the bowl games look like, but uh, maybe if a bowl bowl games are still deciding if they want to play or, uh, or not, you know. And so yeah, yeah, there have been cancellations yeah, as recently as a week or two ago. Some of them are being relocated, and so I think we kind of sort that out. And and if there's a chance to play a game in between there, we would love to. But if not, I mean, you know, we don't want to we don't want to be out there like making demands. We just love playing the game of football. And if not, then we'll just be thankful for what we get. And this this whole year has been a blessing that we were able to get uh, to the eleven games at this point. Kalani, I kid you not, um, they may just be bleeding the system for the winter, but the sprinklers are on right now here on the turf, <laughs> and they're turning into snowmakers, basically. So the sprinklers are on, and it could just be getting the water out of the system for the winter, but it's pretty cool I to see. The, but it, it looked like snowmakers right now. They're going to make sure we don't play a home game next week. That's what they're doing <laughs> right now. They're they're making, making certain that, it, if anything, it's a hockey game. Yeah, or, or a cross-country <laughs> ski run or something. Well, all right, that's going to do it for tonight. It is it is late. We'll let you get some sleep and, and uh, get ready for whatever is to come next for you and the guys. Kalani, congratulations once again again on picking up win number 10 getting an 11th game in in this uh, challenging season and we know there's more ball to play and we're excited to chronicle wherever your next game is going to be so once again kudos to you and the team and i know cougar nation uh, is grateful for you and all the effort that's been put in all season long for games not only here in provo but uh, around the country to to give uh, uh, fans as much joy as you have so thank you uh, as you thank cougar nation i'm sure yeah thank you guys you guys have done an amazing job greg the voice of the Cougars is an honor to be your friend. Same thing, you know, with Mitch and Riley. Appreciate you guys. And for all the fans out there, love you guys. So, I mean, uh, we, 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 we feel your love and your support, and it's really carried us through in, in, in these times. Even uh, responding to the loss last week, we couldn't have done it without the support from our fans and the Cougar Nation that's out there. Love you guys. Go Cougs. Thank you. Thanks again, Kalani. All right, that is Kalani Sitaki. We will come back and bring you Cougar Nation now. You can tweet us your comments for the show, hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN for Cougar Nation now. Greg and Riley upstairs. Mitch will join us soon, and we'll be talking with you uh, via Twitter. So tweet us now, hashtag BYUCNN. Some like to use the email. That's like snail mail of the old days. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the new snail mail. It's the email. It's CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. CougarNationNow, one long word with two N's in the back. CougarNationNow at BYU.edu if you like the email. Otherwise, we'll see you on the Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN, right after this. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation Now. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Thank you, Terry. It is the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now program brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Uh, you know, we, we've been inside all night, but even the booth can feel a little chilly, you know. And, and so I put a toque on for, the, for this part of the program. I needed to warm up a little bit. I felt a little chill. And they're saying, yeah, a little chill. We had guys outside in 19 degrees with no sleeves on tonight, so toughen up, Greg. But then that's their problem. No <laughs> sleeves is their problem. <laughs> that's right. You said you have the intelligence advantage. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, Greg and Riley and Mitchell soon be joining us. Hashtag BYUCNN. David Welker says, how many third and longs did BYU give up tonight? Luckily, he said, BYU tightened up as the game went along. And so I was looking at the third and long or the third down situation in general as to who did what on third downs. And here were the th- – and uh, San Diego State, by the way, faced 17 third downs. That's a, that's a yeah. large number. But let's, we didn't hit this enough maybe. San Diego State did to BYU a lot of what Coastal did, um, and even, even to a greater extent. Last week, Coastal snapped 69 plays, and BYU snapped 58, difference of 11. Well, tonight, the disparity was 24. It was 77 to 53. BYU snapped only 53 plays. Now keep in mind, BYU's won a couple of games snapping in the 50s this year. They won in the 50s at Houston, and they won in the 50s tonight. That's a low number, 53, um, to, to, to get the win, and, and BYU's done it a couple of times. But last To put week, some context on that number, uh-huh. sorry, Greg, it, it, to, for those that remember the Oregon days of Marcus Mariota and Chip Kelly and all those, their goal was to get to 100, and they regularly got there. Yeah. When BYU was running go fast, go hard with Coach and I the second time around, they were running, and you could probably quote it better than I, but I remember their goal was 75-plus, 80-plus And they plus were running plays. regularly in the 90s. And they were running regularly in the 90s. The so was, that, that it, to give you some context, on that 50s number, yeah. it truly is astounding how few plays that is. Uh, and so 53 plays at 7.2 yards per play. Last week it was 58 at 7.0 yards per play. So it, it was a similar vibe. And then last week BYU was mi- minus 15 and a half minutes in possession time. Tonight minus 14 minutes in possession time. It really came down to, I think, uh, a turnover swing of two. And and uh, slipping and falling, going into the end zone. Yep. And, uh, and because and, at that point it's a seven point game. Right. Yeah. So it, it was it was pretty narrow. It, again, it was it, it was a similar vibe um, in a lot of ways to how Coastal played BYU last week, and yet BYU wins by two touchdowns here as opposed to losing by five last week. Yeah, and I believe Neil Pau in his post-game press conference, he talked about the role of momentum, and there's also an element uh, in games called timeliness. You think, I I think about, one of those turnovers was not necessarily a giveaway, but was a turnover on downs. The the two trick plays at midfield, right, the second down and the fourth down, Mm -hmm. that was a momentum swinger, and then like you said, here they score a touchdown, it's a a point. So the, the timeliness of when things happen, throughout the course of a game and how impactful those are to the momentum or morale of a team also has an effect tonight. BYU, let, there were no devastating blows. You had the Rex fumble, but that happened early on in the fourth or in the first quarter after the offense had had a great drive. It wasn't like that fumble's like, oh, there goes our chance. It was, we just moved the ball up the field at will at these guys. All right, a minor fumble happened, and uh, we, we'll be okay. Let's. All right, they scored. We'll get the ball back and go, which they did. 
I, I do think back to last week about the impact of the first play penalty that took a touchdown off the board. That's arguable to where you say the tone of the at least the first quarter, if the tone of the game might not have changed a little bit, even by just one play, even though it did come very, very early. So it felt different to me. Back to the third down question, which got me going. Uh, San Diego State was 10 for 17 on third downs. And the question was, how many long ones? Well, these were the distances, or rather these were the conversion, uh, the successful conversions on distance to gain for San Diego State. They converted on third and five, third and eight, third and one, third and five, third and 11. So there's a third and 11, a third and nine is longish, a third and two, a third and two, a third and six, uh, a third and four. So, yeah, I mean, there, there, there was a 9 and an 11 and an 8 in there. Three in there. We used to define third and long. I don't know if there's an official st- stat of defining third and long. They define, define third and long as 9 se- plus. Oh, nine, 9 plus. We used yeah. to define long as 7 or longer. So well, there, were, there were one of three on 9 plus. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't drastic. But, the, but I do credit Berkshire, uh, Jordan Brookshire for making uh, some pretty big plays when, uh, when they were needed tonight. Again, for a guy Definitely. not throwing it really well, uh, throwing under 50% on the season coming in. I thought he did some, uh, he placed some nice things uh, tonight. Uh, all right. Hey, Mitchell Jurgens has joined us up from uh, from Fuel Level. So even though I said it felt a little chilly in the booth, I'm sure it feels nice and warm <laughs> to you. <laughs> it feels incredible up here, actually. Um, my my toes nearly froze off of my feet. I I did pretty well. I, I layered up, and, and I always do for these, for these winter games. I probably got about eight layers on. Um, but you wore which is the, pretty typical. You wore the gear they gave you, though. You're wearing but tennies. You can't the, do that. The problem man. was yeah. my feet, and I usually bring. Uh, I, I usually wear a couple pair of socks, um, and I forgot. That was the one thing I forgot, and it was the first quarter, and I realized I forgot my socks, and my toes froze the whole game. So. And, I, and I needed to bring toe warmers as well. I got packets <laughs> of toe warmers at home, and I just should have thought about that for you and didn't. So, uh, so next time. All right, uh, so uh, Mitch, uh, let, let's uh, get the the view from you before we take a break on on BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now as to how BYU got to ten wins and uh, and what might be next for this team. Yeah, so as I was thinking a little bit about the the entire season and go to preseason, um, I I, I kind of had a question mark about the offense, how well you know Zach's weapons would perform because if you look at last season, their top four targets were gone. They had three seniors and then Matt Bushman all left and there were some question marks. I mean we'd seen flashes of, of greatness from Gunner and Neil and Dax. Hadn't hadn't really seen Isaac Rex. Um, didn't really know Tyler Algier was going to step into the role that he did. And you look at those five guys specifically this year, um, I mean Dax, Tyler and Isaac having career years, even Neil as well. I mean, Neil's second half of the season has been incredible. And then Gunner, when he's healthy, he, he produces. And, and, and so you look at these these players, and you heard Kalani talk about it. Um, that receiving group is deep. And, uh, you know, you look at the success that they've had, and it's no secret that they've been a huge part of getting this BYU team to 10 wins. Zach having those weapons, allowing him to do what he does best, which you know we've seen him him just develop this entire year. And then the defense, right? I, I mean, you know, you talk about it, it was. I loved the Ben don't break mentality, and and the you know you heard Kalani talk about it, you heard Zach Daw talk about it, and it, it was true. I mean, yes, they moved the ball, and, and and one kind of viewing can get a little bit frustrated of of you know why is BYU not stopping the run, um, but. 
when it counts, they came up big. And so all season, I mean, from an offense, defense, and then, I mean, having Jake Oldroyd, the, the benefit that he is and the asset that he is to, to help, I mean, when it comes to play calling in general, um, having that guy knowing that, you know, when you get to a certain part on the field, it's a guaranteed three points. It affects the way that you call the game. Um, so from every aspect of the uh, of the game, they've been so impressive the whole year, and this 10-win season is very much deserving and, and so cool to see. That's Mitchell Jurgens. My name is Greg Grubel with Riley Nelson. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation. Now we'll come back from this break and hear from you. Use the hashtag BYUCNN as we continue our discussion. BYU 28 and San Diego State 14 is our final score. Zach Wilson, another impressive night with the pass efficiency. 179.2 is his rating tonight on 25 of 34 for 310, three touchdowns and no picks. So Zach, on the year, uh, increased uh, his efficiency and ratio to the tune of now 30 touchdowns to three interceptions. That's 10 to 1, and that'll get a lot done. We're taking a break on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, to BYU 28, San Diego State 14. Cougars were down 14-7 in the first quarter. That was the first time all season BYU trailed by seven points in a first quarter. And that was 21-0 to end the game. BYU scored in all four quarters. When the Cougars do that, they have an excellent win-loss record under head coach Kalani Sitake. Updating it, when BYU scores in every quarter, the Cougars are now uh, 19-2. 19-2 in scoring in every quarter, as they did tonight. Uh, hashtag BYUCNN. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. Question coming in uh, from RB. Why would Zach Wilson leave early for the NFL, he asks. Money doesn't seem to be a major factor. He said one great season but didn't face any P5 opponents. Why not stay for a fourth season, get some P5 experience, and solidify a legacy as a BYU great? Thoughts on that, Mitchell and or Riley? Uh, I'll take a stab at it first. Um, I mean, this is uh, – I won't blame anyone, you know, for, for taking the opportunity to go to the league, um, especially as, you know, a, a first-round pick. And, 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 yes, right, money's not everything, but at the same time, um, you know, uh, we were actually talking about this before um, before the broadcast started um, here up in the booth and – um, to, to have the opportunity, you know, in, in, in my whole life, right, you know, I've, I had the goal to go to college, get an education, um, got married, and then it was, I'm going to provide for my family. Um, and if the opportunity presents itself to, um, you know, if you're going to be a potential first round, even early second round pick where, where you know that, you know, there's going to be a pretty nice security from a financial standpoint, um, I would never blame a, a guy for taking that opportunity and, um, and and doing that for his future, uh, I mean Zach's put together one heck of a season, and and one thing that we, uh, you know, especially me as a as a BYU fan, um, what someone going to the league can do for a program is just incredible. And so I mean we see all the success that a number of players are having in the league right now, and 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 it, it makes BYU nation, and it, it does so much for BYU, and so we, we're proud and. Um, and so it definitely wouldn't fault him if the opportunity presents itself. But 
Um, you know, Zach's going to do what's best for Zach, and, and I think the coaches and the players all support that, knowing how many options he has. So it's going to be an exciting time to see what he decides. And um, but whatever it is, you know, we know it's going to be best for Zach, and and wish him the best in in that decision. Riley, the total contract. I had to <laughs> had to Google. That's why I let Mitch go first. The total contract rookie pool value of first round contracts is over 200 million it's about 210 million dollars if you're drafted last pick last year was edwards at clyde edwards alaire lsu running back his uh and now this isn't all guaranteed money but uh, of his four-year contract the total value is 11.6 million dollars i mean Mm. when you have an opportunity to do that now here's here's the other reason why when he says money may not be a factor i don't know how we 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 don't know that. Yeah, Zach grew, you know, he went to Corner Canyon, and we all know that Draper's a nice area in, in here in Utah, but we don't know everybody's individual situation. I'll say this. If I would have had the opportunity to have football be my job, if I let me give just briefly, here was what my day was. Get up at 6, go and try and get treatment to try and get over my, you know, and then from there I had I had to get 8 o'clock classes because I had to squeeze all my classes in from the morning from 8 until like, Eight until noon is what I had. Then run, go grab something to eat. Try and go get some film in before team meeting. And then you had team position practice. Then you had post practice treatment. And then I'd start meeting. With, I would start meeting with tutors about like seven thirty or eight at night, and would leave the SAB every night at like ten thirty to eleven. Mm. And, and like to be freed of how nice would. Now, probably still putting in a 6 to 11 hour day. Actually, with all the research that we know on sleep, you definitely want to be shorter than that because you'd want to be able to optimize your sleep for 8 or 9 hours. But to rather than spending that whole chunk of what was 6 to 8 hours of my day on school, to be able to invest that in my abilities as a football player is an opportunity. That alone, let me pay. I would pay. Now, being in the situation I am, I will pay for someone to let me do that. Right? Uh, so that would be another other aspect is when you have these dreams and look rb i'm with you man that is the ultimate fan experience and we we would absolutely love that as fans but uh, as an individual and as a kid whose lifelong dream has been to play football professionally and it's an opportunity that could be fleeting it could be gone in one instant um which we've seen with other players so you got to take advantage Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, at Chaplain Schumann asked the question, when was the last time BYU was 7-0 and at home? So it got me researching and H- thinking. Have they ever been 7-0 and at home? Because typically you just play six, six home, home games. games yeah. So the answer is yes, and it took one of those extra games in 1996 when BYU went 14-1. The A&M game was added at the start of the year, and BYU went 7-0 and that year. That's the only other time BYU's been 7-0 and at home, and the Cougars just wrapped up a 7-0 and season. So there it is. Thank you for the question. At Chaplain Schumann, Cougar Chaps on Twitter. And there's the answer, which got me thinking more about um, undefeated seasons. And this is the first one for Kalani and uh, all of that. So, uh, well done. Uh, Stephen Vincent says, thanks to the Mountain West for arranging its conference schedule to allow us to play Boise State and San Diego State. And indeed, um, the Mountain West made an exception to allow those programs to play these out-of-league games. And ESPN was happy. BYU was happy. And the Cougars ended up getting two wins out of that decision, going 2-0 and against the Broncos and the Aztecs of SDSU. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. Let's, um, let's give the skill testing trivia question uh, right now, and then we'll, we'll come back in our next segment and, uh, and award someone 
two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. I know it's like 16 degrees out. You're not thinking, hey, it's, a, it's an ice cream kind of night, but it's, it's always good. The creamery ice cream is always a solid option, even when the temperatures are, uh, are sub-zero and positively arctic. So here's your question tonight. And the only correct answers will be taken on hashtag BYUCNN. You must use hashtag BYUCNN to submit a response. Here's the question. Including 2020, how many seasons of 10-plus wins has BYU had in its football history? Including 2020. BYU is now 10-1. and one. How many 10-plus win seasons has BYU recorded all time? The correct answer, the correct number, we will uh, award two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream if you are first using hashtag BYUCNN. Submit those answers now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so before the break, we asked a question with a numerical answer. The question was, including 2020, how many seasons of 10-plus wins has BYU had all time? And the first correct answer came in almost as soon as the words left my lips. And the answer, correctly answered by Donovan Bushman... Our man D1 Bushman on Twitter, at D1 Bushman. Donovan said 17, and that is the correct response. First-time winner or multi-winner? You know, it it hasn't been this year, but I think Donovan's been with us in the past. Uh, Donovan's a a guy in the know. All right? Donovan knows stuff. Well, obviously, because it sounded like he didn't even have to Google it. It was so fast he didn't even Google it. It sounds like he knew it. It was 16 before tonight, and and the last 10-win season came in 2011, right? First season of Independence. And it uh, took nine years to get another one, but BYU got that. And they get an undefeated home season, first under Kalani Sitake as well. So uh, BYU went 7-0 at home this year. And again, as we talked about before the break, that's just the uh, second ever 7-0 season here at home, 1996. That 14-1 season gave us the first one. So Donovan, well done. I'll get some information to you for you to get back to me, and we'll get those two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream headed your way. And thanks to all the many people who submitted so many answers and so many uh, suggested uh, responses to the question, but only one can be first and correct, and that is Donovan Bushman tonight. All right, BYU wins it by a score of 28-14 to 14 over San Diego State, measure of payback for last year's 13-3 to 3 loss in San Diego. And last season kind of ended on a bummer, right? It was a 7-6 and six season. Uh, a they, double bummer. Yeah, they, you go. We were going into San Diego State thinking that we got a shot to win and lay an egg there, and then you give away the the Hawaii the Bowl, Hawaii Bowl to which Hawaii. is not going to be played this year, by the way, due to COVID. So, mm. um, yeah, last year BYU left UMass at seven and four, and it felt like the the best football that BYU played was in the first half uh, of of the game at UMass. It wasn't a great team they played clearly, but they were clicking that. But then the second half at UMass was just blah. They didn't play yeah. well. We're actually outscored in the second half. And then those two games to end the year. So seven and six wasn't very satisfying at all. And uh, and and so the way BYU is 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 fixing to end this year's season would be a complete reversal of fortune. Back to back wins as opposed to back to back losses. And of course, anytime you get to ten plus, it's been a special season uh, in some respect. It, it it will lack the New Year's six this year, and we all don't know that BYU was feet away. Uh, from, from from a possible New Year's Bowl berth, and that will sting uh, the more uh, you choose to look back on what happened at Coastal. But what a bounce back from these guys tonight, and, and resiliency shown once again. 
and uh, getting yourselves right to play a team that uh, can make uh, make things hard on you. San Diego State's no walk in the park, and they showed again today how they do what they do. They possess the ball for 37 minutes. Yeah, you know, and and usually when San Diego State is at 35 plus minutes in possession time, uh, they're they're winning that game. Uh, they under Brady Hoke, San Diego State under Brady Hoke has excellent records. When, um, when when doing things like, like like just rushing for more yards, okay. San Diego State ran for a buck sixty nine. BYU ran for seventy four. Hoax twelve and two, or was twelve and two with that situation. They took a took a loss tonight. When they just have more possession time, Hoax eleven and two with them, and they lost that tonight at plus fourteen minutes. So they did some things they like to do, prefer to do, and BYU still found a way to win the game. So credit to the to the Cougars for that, for taking San Diego State out of some things that they were very comfortable with and making them really, really work inside the twenty, because those red zone numbers I think will be one of the decisive numbers from tonight, all told. So I thought it was a good example of lessons learned both from last year against this team and last week against Coastal Carolina. So kudos for the bounce back. Most definitely. I uh, I think that this team turned a ton of corners, and we'll save this for after the bowl game and things like that, I was, but I was reminiscing as the regular season comes to a close. Well, let me a- ask Greg, and I know we're on air, but it does, nobody sounded too optimistic or too like there's something waiting in the wings for next week. I mean, that would be a, a substantial surprise if they got a game, right? Yeah, I, I, it, it sounded to me that if they if they already knew that a bowl game was, say, after the new year, yeah. That they might choose to try and find something for next Saturday, but if 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 a bowl game is going to happen between next Saturday and say the New Year or Christmas, you just want to play your bowl yeah, game and say that's it. Anyway, where I was going with that is I was thinking like this team turned so many co- corners. Reds. I remember last year how frustrating the red zone experiences were, and the kicking game wasn't as good, and uh, turnovers weren't good. Just plain old decision making. The offense or the defense at times seemed so unable last last year to create turnovers or get pressure on the quarterback or get sacks, and all of those trends were reversed. So uh, to what you said, Greg, uh, most definitely, and that's that's a great sign. Great credit to this coaching staff. Great credit to these players who the core players from last year to this year are largely the same. Uh, so credit to those guys for putting in the work and and uh, reversing their favors. Can I give you a couple other uh, possession time notes? Uh, since it's not always the biggest thing in the world, but some, for some teams it can be. In their last 50 games with the edge in possession time, the Aztecs were 43-7. and seven coming into tonight and they were plus 14 minutes tonight okay there were 37 minutes how about this since 2011 the Aztecs had been 22 and 5 with at least 36 minutes of possession time they were at 37 tonight and didn't win the game so a lot of things they want to do to get the win got done and uh, BYU made plays when needed to to make sure that those trends didn't hold for San Diego State so good for them we'll take a break wrap it up after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network I've got to Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let us pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. 
All right, uh, let us wrap up our broadcast day, which has gone for uh, 10 hours and change. It began this afternoon with the pregame for BYU and Utah basketball, and it ends just after 1 in the morning mountain time after BYU-San Diego State postgame uh, for football. And uh, both games result in BYU wins, so 2-0 days are the best days. Let's thank the crews that made the broadcast possible. We already did our basketball thank yous earlier in the day today, so we'll limit it to our football broadcast tonight. Back at BYU Radio, Cole Wissinger is our control board operator. Terry South is our coordinating producer doing uh, double and triple duties tonight. Uh, Terry, uh, Jason Shepard's our studio host, our engineers, Barry Squires and Sean Fay Here at Lavelle Bird Stadium. Our engineer is Michael Wimmer. Our statistician was Ralph Sokolowski. And our broadcast assistant, engineering assistant, and spotter was Bryce Larson. Our appreciation to the entire BYU football media relations crew, John McBride, Duff Tittle, Brett Pine, Jenny Wheeler, all those that help us out in doing our jobs to the best of our abilities. So many thank yous to go around. And then we thank the Cougs for playing so well and giving us a win to call. And so, guys, we know we've got, uh, well, we know at least, and we'll say probably have one more game to play. And we expect it will be a bowl game. And uh, these invitations will be going out in the days to come. And we expect BYU to be receiving one of them. And again, selfishly, maybe we head somewhere nice, somewhere warm. Uh, but uh, it could be anywhere playing anyone this year, this most unusual year, where some bowl tie or some conference tie-ins slip away, uh, bowls themselves are getting canceled, teams are opting out. You just don't know who's going to end up where. So a lot of uncertainty, but hasn't that been uh, the way it's been uh, really all year? So more of the same that way. All right, that's going to do it. So I will say uh, so long and good night for the man to my far left. Riley Nelson. And the man to my near left. Mitchell Jurgens. My name is Greg Grubel. Saying in the meantime and in between team. In between, <laughs> what am I saying? I'm saying in the meantime and in between time. This has been BYU football on the new skin. BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo, Utah.